Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT Podcast, and I'm your host, VR1. And as you know, this is where we live. Give me one second, I'm adjusting this microphone. Um, I don't have any music in the background for today, so I do apologize. I think I have my audience uh, spoiled, but... I hope that you have your coffee or your tea, your chai latte, your warm cup of milk, chocolate milk, you know, fruit juice blend, uh, produce blend, whatever gets you going in the morning. Um, shout out to all of you who love s'mores and roasted marshmallows over chocolate and, and graham crackers. <laughs> Get your cheese danishes, your English muffins your bagels and your english muffins whatever helps you start the day we got a fun-filled show give me a second y'all mm. you know i love drinking whether it's a cup of coffee tea a wine um even a natural fruit juice blend i take a lot of um a lot of pleasure in that and um for today's show i'm going to kind of freestyle the show we may go um for example into a module towards the end um i don't want to promise anything because in a sense i'm very emotional about what i'm aiming to convey and the best way that i could do that is to just express exactly where I am and what I'm going through and everything else so I'm an artist you know and I have a lot of projects going at once including this podcast here because this allows me to connect with you guys in a completely different way um on top of being an artist you know I'm a serial entrepreneur so I'm all about personal development you know being goal-driven and pursuing your dreams, ultimately pursuing your dreams. That's if there's one thing I want you guys to hold on to for today is the correlation between the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of your dreams. I believe that they're both one and the same. So to start the week, you know, it's Monday. Everybody's getting ready to go. Uh, again, I'm here at Starbucks. Cars are piling up. People are just getting ready to start their week or whatnot. I believe in the Jewish belief that if you win the first hour, you win the first day. So that very important first hour is so critical to success because regardless of what the brain has processed overnight as you're getting rest and you're, you know, applying all the lessons that the day has taught you the previous day, it's also good to install or load up more positive elements when you start your day and I want to share with you again something that I know is a very complex subject but um let me start by saying this my favorite artists right now are perhaps the two biggest artists in the world and both of them are my inspiration for two totally different reasons number one on the business side and a little bit of the music side, but mostly on the business side, Bad Bunny is my favorite artist. Number two, my favorite artist all around, not on the business side necessarily, even though this artist is, is uh, overall independent. And there are honorable mentions such as um, El Alfa, which is a Dominican Republic artist who just crossed over internationally. Tokisha is my favorite artist. I believe she is fucking God's gift to the earth. You know, there's artists that have their moments. Um, I can tell you about like a Nicki Minaj. She was just, and still is, just a force, right? Just a force of music. Um, even Cardi B, before, you know, she settled down to have a family. There was something that you could tell that she's had inside of her her entire life. And it really, like, 
it really shined through her music, you know. And again, not just from a business standpoint. We know these artists are huge. They got worldwide hits and all that. So we're not here to discuss that. I'm speaking from the artistic standpoint. Um, like, I'll give you an example to make it more fun. Um, over the weekend, you know, I always take out time to listen to music. And this past weekend, I was doing like 80s and 90s music, really mostly early, early 90s music. So like I listened to um, Strictly For My Niggas, the Tupac shit. I had All Eyes On Me on my playlist. I had um, Me Against The World because I'm doing a study on that. And it's funny, you know, the older you get, you pick up certain things that as a kid kind of flew over your head, right? I listened to Fat Joe, the gangster represent, you know, and it actually inspired me to work on some music. I listened to Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous by Big L and then a little bit of the big picture. And, you know, amongst others that I listened to and stuff like that. And um, it's just amazing, man, what these guys were conveying to the world and what they were doing. You know, I just have such a great, marvelous respect for these artists and stuff like that. And there's something about when an artist is able to penetrate the barriers from within, inside of themselves, to express, externalize to the rest of the world, like, you know, what they're really thinking and feeling and going through and dealing with, right? And then in turn, it's therapeutic because that gets to help the next generation and stuff like that. Well, I categorize that as not only influential, but educational and inspirational as well. So shout out to all those artists and God bless all of their music. It's amazing. And I thank God that you guys found a way to deliver it to the regular people because you know, one thing I could say about Tupac is every record that I heard from Tupac, I felt like he was talking to me. Like, it's like it's, if he had a, a, a an extra sense to know that somebody out there is going to resonate with this. And what I'm trying to convey today, as you can see, my mind is, is swaying, like kind of like avoiding the topic, right? Is because it was stimulated in such a strong way that there's really no other way to express this. So, back to Tokisha, right? You know, as an artist, I am about to enter her market, the market that she dominates amongst many other legends, right? And I listened to an interview that she did recently. I didn't know about this interview. And what I mentioned to another industry insider friend of mine, is the fact that she connected with my soul. And, and there's only a handful of artists in a lifetime that I could say, you know what, these artists or this artist has resonated with, like, the core of my being, like, the central part, you know what I mean? And it's not necessarily that her music is this or her visuals are that or the controversy... It's none of that. It's the the genuineness of her soul, like the way that she expressed her deepest inside roots. Like in everything that she does, she's giving you everything. And myself as an artist, that's exactly how I feel about what I do and why I hold it to such a high regard and with, with such a high respect. And I basically did my best to convey that to my, my other industry friend who is a person that is like a radio personality, somebody that deals with media management and, and live events. And I'm like, you know what? It's sad in a way that that train is passing at full speed and a lot of people overseas are missing it in Latin America. Now, in Europe and America, yo... This girl is changing the world. She's changing the game. You know, she's changing the game. She's in your face, and, and it's like, deal with it. And you have no choice but to be, in a sense, passive-aggressive and just understand. You don't have to agree. 
you may not even relate, but it's like the challenge that she, uh, the challenge that she conveys is like understand. In in a sense, it's kind of political. It's like the world needs more love, while the world also needs more understanding, right? So for me as an artist, in my entire career, there's only but so many intervals where I felt like I've had a moment of reflection and a moment to just be like fully inspired. We're inspired by everything. Artists, we, we just look at the world as our instrument to be inspired, right? And then we we use that to create our music, right? It's all about our thoughts and our feelings and emotions and perspective and experience and discipline and education. And, you know, it, it's a little bit of everything, right? Even though the industry puts things in the slot, like how many sales, how many views, what's the impact, what's the demographic? You know, life is not formatted like that. It sounds good on paper for an investment standpoint if you have stockholders that you need to impress, if you have financial budgets that you need to meet and keep. But life is more of a wild card than a full, you know, set of hands in a deck of cards, you know? So everything is a it's a constant variable, you know? It's like what we know for sure is that we don't know. The unknown is more known than the known is, is unknown, if that makes sense. So... I I kind of prayed on it and I felt the need to connect with with you know my friend who again is in the industry he's a major major person in the industry and I'm like I don't I'm not even at the point where I could consider her point of view but those that know know that this train is passing at full force and at full speed and everybody is not ready for it or they're not privy to to know what qualities to look for because 25 years from now they're going to be talking about this artist and that's not something you could say about a lot of artists i consider myself one of those artists that 25 30 years from now they're still going to be talking about i talk about tupac like 1996 was yesterday and it's still fresh in the hearts and mind of, of the people. This is an artist that is going to eclipse everybody in her category. But not just eclipse them. I mean like by a long shot. Seriously, I'm, I'm searching for the words and the thoughts to be able to convey what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is she's in a category that you seldomly see. That it's only like such an exclusive select few that it's even painful to put a list together and say like, you know, somebody like a big pun, you know, big pun is like, for me, it's like Tupac and then pun and then Jay-Z and then Biggie and then DMX. You get what I'm saying? People go on drink champs in America, in Miami with Nori, shout out to Nori and DJ Effin. And they asked him, Tupac or DMX? As much as I want to say DMX, I got to say Tupac. Because Tupac is on a whole nother... I, I could teach a university-style curriculum on, on Tupac. I can't really do that with Biggie. Biggie would be an example to prove my point. Um... There's not that many artists that you could do that with. This is an artist that is on that scale. And it's like, oh man, I found a diamond in the rough. Like I am studying every move that this artist is making. And for a long time, as an artist, we go through these depression moments and you feel like, you're the last one in the battlefield. Like nobody is like you. Like nobody um um fully understands. Um nobody um you know like can do the same. And it feels good to have another person on the battlefield 
that can fight to create a different realm. What she's doing is essentially carving a new path for more artists to follow. And I'm doing the exact same, but in a different connotation. So I'll give you another example. I had a conversation with another colleague, right? Another friend. And they listened to the songs that, you know, I'm going to be performing on my tour. Because the songs are have already been made available to my fans, right? So, at the end of it, he says, you know what? I see a fusion here. I'm thinking I'm doing some next level shit and I'm going to get to work on fusion, right? He's like, no, nah, man, you're bringing a new sound. You, you, you've developed a new style. And I said, God bless you, man, because that was my goal. When I was putting those records together, it was to raise it to another spectrum, another level. And the fact that it's connecting like that with the people, for me, that's worth more than all the money in the world. Um, I'll give you another example. When having a conversation with my other podcast, which has my, my childhood friends, right? Because of the success of, of this podcast, I was able to, to establish that podcast. And, um, you know, we're talking about the industry and we're talking about random things, a lot of random things. So long story short, we're talking about a lot of the new talent that is in development, that is launching their careers and they're doing pretty good for themselves. I, I, I tip off my hat to them, much respect and love and support for those artists. But I also see a lot of pitfalls. You know, when you come into this industry, you're very green. You're very um, vulnerable to so many different things that you learn how to uh, move in a completely different way. Like, you learn how to maneuver completely different, right? So when you hear Jay-Z say, uh, I'll show you how to move in a room full of vultures, like... As an artist, I know that he truly felt that way when these people that he may have looked up to, um, you know, these people that he may have looked up to were betraying him in business and in artistically and, and in every form of fashion that he could potentially express himself while establishing his company. Because you have to understand, Jay-Z didn't just come in as an artist. He came in with like a whole company, like like I, I got to meet this bottom line. I got to feed all of these people because this is the only way that the dream is going to come true long term. Well, I explained to my friends that a lot of these artists are taking themselves out by what they're doing off the court, meaning outside of the music industry. They have self-destructive uh, behavior patterns on top of that. If I did what they did, or if I did what they do currently, I could destroy them because I understand everything they're doing. They're just trying to prove themselves, right? So that filter and that perspective is all I would need to compete with them, not only at their level, but above. But the point that I was making to my friend was, you know what's even crazier? I eclipsed them with my new sound so easily so efficiently, so effectively, and so quickly that there's no need and no inclination for me to even waste my time. Because when you do something from the heart, regardless of what it is, in my opinion, it shows, it clearly shows. I don't care if it's a carpenter that makes a beautiful um, dining set, you know, table and chairs. You can tell when something is cookie cutter that comes from a factory that was designed by a computer versus something that was created by hand, that was a labor of love. Um, you can see it in the quality and the fit and the finish of the product or service. And this artist was able to tap into parts of my spiritual being that I only find in myself as an artist. 
So you will have to go into my music. You will have to go into my creative process to understand where I'm coming from because, you know, when I'm in the recording booth, I'm fucking Thanos. I'm Galactus. I'm the strongest fucking being ever. I can create my own worlds. I can destroy my own worlds. So for an artist to recognize the art of another artist on a level of inspiration is something magical and unique. And even though as an artist, we have a certain way of communicating things or a certain way of doing things, we get it. Every other artist, I understand that about them, you know, and I always give them the reasonable doubt, right? The benefit of the doubt that if I don't fully grasp and I don't fully understand, maybe with time I will. And um, even even one um, radio announcer from a different program than my friends, which is another friend of mine, another colleague, you know, he was saying that, you know, what he thought about the record that she did with Madonna and how it may not have been a hit. You know, he did the interview one day after the record was released. By the time I looked at the record, it had been three days and it already had like 1.7 million streams, right? Which is, I mean, ridiculous. It's just having three, 400,000 views a day. And forget if it peaks to 20 million views in a day or whatever. Just think about what that would do in three years. You know, the time span, the perspective is so small. But you have to think, what is that record going to do in three years? In three years, that's just going to be four or 500 million spins all day. But um, some people use that to value things or disvalue things. I, I don't believe in none of that. But um, I do respect those numbers, you know, even though, of course, you have people that think that, you know, if you sold 10 million records, they're like, oh, you should have sold 50 million records. I mean, if you don't have a spiritual compass, I could see you agreeing with that. But it's like, how about God gave me this 1.7 million views and they're organic and they're genuine and it's really connecting with a special group of people because I'm one of those, you know, I believe that record is going to be three, 400 million in the next year or two. That's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but I do feel that they were speaking to a certain group of people and it's those creative, artistic motherfuckers that you can have a glass of wine with and they'll blow your fucking mind. Or you can have a cup of coffee or tea with and they'll blow your fucking mind because what's inside of them exudes excellence and brilliance and just marvelous things. Like, we're all silver surfers, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I look at my flow. That's how I look at my music, like, you don't, you guys don't understand that, like, one thought for me is an album, not a record, not a verse, not a bar, not a hook, not a bridge. It's a complete project. That's how I express myself. I can't put everything in one fucking bar, one fucking verse, and one fucking song. I go in the studio and I do two albums. That's normal for me. You know how hard that is for 99% of artists? To sit down and work on one project with full conviction, with full understanding, with full creative uh, ability to express what is ultimately inside of their being. Every song cannot be a mechanical song like, okay, I need the weed song. Okay, I need the love song. Or, okay, I need the hardcore song. Or I need this. Every song can't be like that. There comes a point where artist has to be an artist. And just go in the studio, and if there's live instruments, start playing them shits on some Phil Collins shit. Like, fucking Prince. I, I always say Phil Collins is the white prince. But um, that's a whole different podcast. But the point I'm trying to make is, eventually, the hits, the money, the fame, the status, all that shit fades away. Okay, you came in poor, now you're fucking filthy rich, and... You have all of this equipment, you have the studio, and you have all this free time because financial freedom and independence gives you free time to do the things that you want to focus on, right? So, like, eventually, you have to find yourself 
in that creative space being an artist and being creative and playing those drums and playing that ukulele and fucking the harp and the strings and the piano and the keyboard and this, that, and the third. And eventually, what is going to be captured is what's really the music of your soul and really the music of your art. Like, my creative process is ill because I worked with so many artists and I saw the different creative patterns, what people do. Like, when I'm in a studio, I'm so efficient. Like, I'm in and out. Like, I don't get out of the booth until the album is done. I don't have time to chill. I don't have time to parlay. Like, it's fucking business. Like, it's 12 rounds of professional boxing every verse. And after the first song is the second song. And after the second song is the third song. And I don't stop until I stop. I stop when I'm doing the mastering and the engineering and I'm selecting the artwork and I'm preparing the the digital campaign to promote and release the record. There was a producer, shout out to Yoda G and everybody on my team in, in the UK. Yoda G sent me a beat at 9.58 or 8.58, I'm sorry. By 9.18, 20 minutes later, I already had done the song, picked the artwork, released it, promoted it, and sent it to him. And you know what I said? I said, I apologize for taking so long. I had to use the bathroom. Out of those 20 minutes, I think I spent maybe seven, eight minutes in the bathroom. So within eight minutes, I took an instrumental recorded the song, mastered and engineered the song, picked the artwork. The song is only like four and a half minutes. So I did the mastering in four, another two to three minutes. Then I picked the artwork. I released the record. I promoted it on Indeed, Twitter, Instagram. And those are my top three socials right now. And um, I emailed him the direct link. And for me, that's normal. For me, that's like, that's my challenge. Like, all right, send the song over. I'll send it right back. Because I don't write. So you send me an instrumental. I'm going to listen to it, record it, and send it right back. And I listen to it while I'm recording it. That's my brand. That's my signature. When you hear me rhyming over a beat, that's what I thought for those three to five minutes. The first time I'm giving you the first thought, the first emotions that I captured through that instrumental. So, again, these are all qualities that set my music apart. Because the same way that I could talk to you about the streets, I could talk to you about Harvard and Pepperdine. And I could talk to you about God. And I could tell you the pitfalls and the valleys and the peaks of life. Not just the streets, not just the drug game, not just corporate America, not just... its You're getting the total package. This is it. I'm just sharing with you my story. This is my personal therapy. You know, people are amazed. They're like, man, this guy has a fucking... I have one of the biggest music catalogs in the world, in the history of music. I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40 on October 17th. You know, and I'm just getting started. That's just my music catalog. I work on music every single day. Every single day. I have thousands of songs, thousands of albums, thousands of mixtapes, EPs, etc. For me, this is the beginning. Like, I'm just getting started. You know, my NFT collection, over 200 million in circulation. You wouldn't know that. Unless you had a conversation with me, unless you're a real underground head, right? And you're really digging in the crates with some real raw hip-hop, which is what I do. But I could do everything. I could do all styles of music. As a matter of fact, my challenge right now is to do a merengue album because I feel like it has been the biggest challenge of my career. Because so many rules apply to merengue. You can't do it as fast. And everything I do is fast, effective, and efficient. 
It's all about synchronicity, streamlining. Everything I do is streamlined. So that creative process is so fucking wonderful and beautiful that I don't even allow everybody around for my creative process. But there comes a time where the money doesn't matter, the status doesn't matter, the fame doesn't matter, the what people are going to say doesn't matter. You just have to go in there and do music. And that's it. It's as simple as that. You just have to fucking be an artist. And not many artists can find that actual um that actual peak or that moment of clarity, that 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 eureka moment, that utopia moment where the light bulb goes off and the artist allows was inside to externalize to the world. You know, think about your favorite painter. From Rembrandt to Picasso to Da Vinci. You know, what if they kept all of that inside? What if they never reached that moment to fully express, right? We would never know who these artists are. And those artworks would go with them to the above and beyond. And again, this is the equivalent of Picasso seeing a Rembrandt and not only knowing that it's beautiful, but knowing why it's beautiful. Knowing that it's beautiful is one thing. Knowing why it's beautiful is the God realm. That's some shit that, that's between you and God. Only God could decipher some shit like that and figure it out. You know, we're God's creations, right? So God knows, you know, whatever it is that you're working on before you work on it. You understand me? So in my particular situation, that's really what it has come down to. Like I've constantly searched in my career for inspiration. And I have found another source of inspiration in this artist. And at first, it was so controversial. It was so complex. It was so abstract. I'm like, why do I like this artist? The visuals are just crazy. And, and all it is is just like a, it's like an atomic bomb of, of creativity, This is what sets this artist apart. She's not afraid to just, it's all here. I do the same thing. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm an artist. I'm an NFT artist. I have a podcast. I deal with real estate. I deal with investments, stocks and bonds. I can teach you about life. I know a lot about a lot of cool things, including religion. And the whole consensus of it right is to just be myself you can listen to my music you may or may not understand it you can listen to my podcast you may or may not understand you may or may not relate but this force this energy that is flowing through me I cannot stop one of my my colleagues in the music industry again this is something I conveyed to this person like yo that unstoppable force inside of me is what keeps me going, right? And this artist has that same energy. And that is very rare. Not too many artists I can say that about. Give me one quick second. Let me have a few sips of my coffee before it cools down. So it's like... I felt this need to express that. I felt this need to share that with the world. Like, there is somebody that has moved me mentally, spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, with one swift stroke that 
I fully understand. I fully understand that there is still hope that there are many artists like myself. I think Tokisha is the female version of me. As a human being, as an artist, I think that what she's done for female artists is what I'm going to do for male artists. And I believe that my talent is once in a lifetime. And I also said when describing these things that she's a, a once in a lifetime artist. And I am kicking myself in the nuts because... I didn't realize this sooner. I cannot tell you how I first heard about this artist's music, you know, and her creativity. I cannot tell you the first time that I dug deep into her catalog of her music. But I remember the moment that I was in the moment with this artist. Now, you would think that a hit record has a moment or an error, right? And it goes away. But as the years have progressed, she's been tearing down doors on higher realms. Even the song that she did with Madonna. People in my country have been so brutal and have looked it over as if it's nothing. And I'm like, and again, shout out to, to Roger Mayweather. May he rest in the heavenly realm. Um, one of his favorite things was, or, or his favorite statement was, you don't know shit about boxing. Well, I feel the same way. And and who better than a Roger Mayweather or even a, a Floyd Mayweather Sr. to say that, or even Floyd Mayweather Jr. But um, who's better qualified than them to say that about boxing? Well, I feel the same way about music, like, People that criticize this artist obviously don't know shit about music because you have to be very close-minded to not understand not 100% of her spectrum because her range is ridiculous. Her range is, she's next level. It's like she's in the God realm, you know what I'm saying? That's the highest of the highest. Well, even a portion of her range it's like impossible. Like you have to go out of your way not to understand 10% of her range. I'm going to be nice and I'm going to be uh, considerate. And I'm going to say for the average person, if you don't understand 15% of what she does, then this conversation is not for you. Because if you understand anything above 15 to 17%, you know that you're dealing with an artist that is going to be around forever. Like Madonna, it's not going anywhere. I don't, I don't understand how somebody could say that she doesn't have it anymore. Madonna is, you know, up there in age. And her voice is still worth a billion dollars. Let's speak about that. Madonna does not work with anybody. Madonna owns her music. And I'm an advocate for an artist owning their, their masters, right? I also express my concern that a lot of artists overseas are selling their masters short. They don't know it yet, but they're selling their masters short. Well... She brings the love of a mother to every record. And she collaborated with Tokisha because she saw a part of herself in Tokisha. I agree. Tokisha mentions in her interview with Angie Martinez that, you know, Madonna's level of professionalism, you know, how serious she takes things like, you know, her real talent, like her voice, when you hear her voice, she sounds like that in real life. Let me tell you, for an artist that harmonizes like myself and sings, excellent singer. It's amazing. Again, her range, Madonna's range, 
like, her range is fucking astronomical, man. Her range is out of this fucking world. And it just goes to show you how most people, it may be too much for them. How they don't fully grasp the concept or they don't fully understand. And that's the beautiful thing about art. Art is not for everybody. It's accessible to everybody, which that's the most beautiful thing. But some people are at different intervals in life. And some people just may not be ready. And eventually, even if it takes time and generations, people are able to connect. And that's the whole truth about it. Art is just in your face. It's like you got to deal with it. Either you relate or you go out of your way not to relate. But no matter what you do, it's there and it's in your fucking face. That's it. That's what art is. Art is, an artist was able to express something that I already felt inside of me. That I didn't have the right words for. That I didn't have the right connotation or the right way to express it. But here's this Rembrandt that expresses everything that I wanted to say or feel. And whether it's in a private collection where you come to my home and you see one of my Rembrandts or it's a public uh, collection where you get to see a Rembrandt in a fucking um, auditorium or, or, or galleria or art gallery or, or museum, whatever. It still conveys the same message to everybody. And beauty is in the eye of the beholder and only for that reason. Because the only way you can understand and connect is if that's your goal in the first place. If you don't have something to express yourself beyond words, it'll never make sense to you why somebody would pay $60 million for a Basquiat. You would never get it. And it's like, you don't have to get it. That's by choice. But when you do get it, you do get it and you fucking get it look how jay-z which i think basquiat is his dad <laughs> that's just my theory um even the hairstyle he mimicked he used as an inspiration because basquiat was so different and thought so outside of the box. You know? And it's um it's one of those things, you know, that words cannot describe. As much as I love technology and as, as big as I know audio is going to be in the future, shout out to Gary V for inspiring another part of this uh podcast. Um, and, and he's an inspiration in my life, period. There are certain things that no matter how well you try, you know, it's kind of like giving somebody a hug, right? You want to comfort that person. You want to say the right words. You want the moment to be perfect or whatever. But sometimes you just got to pause everything and just give somebody a hug, you know, tell that person you care about them. You know what I mean? But the hug says everything that words cannot express. So, on the creative realm, I feel very honored and very lucky to be in the same sentence as these legends. In the same category as these huge artists. And... Creating money and wealth and fame is the byproduct of the process of being an artist. I also said in my conversation that I'm very thankful that I'm no longer of youth to be driven by materialistic monkey shit. The music means so much more to me today than it did 20 years ago 
where I was young and immature and felt like I needed something to prove that I needed to have the Cartier watch or the fucking Rolex or the Lamborghini or the Porsche or the Ferrari. There's so much more to life than than just those small little islands, those those little trinkets that you are able to, to get along the way, right? So for me, it's one of those things that I just felt the need to express it. And again, today is yet another attempt at me trying to kind of convey what I'm trying to say. If if I could summarize it in one sentence, I would say I have been moved. I have been moved in a way, in a shape and in a form that I did not expect. When I saw this interview, it changed my life. I actually was trying to do a song with that person. And now I'm like, if it happens, great. If it's destiny, we'll work on some music. But if not, I'm happy just observing this beautiful talent, this magnificent person manifest and fully blossom into what I believe this person's legacy is. And and I hate to say it, like, for Latin America, this is like our, our new Selena. That's powerful. Look how big Jennifer Lopez is and how big she became after the movie that she was in. She literally took the torch and took Selena's career by default because the world needed uh, to hold on to her legacy a little bit longer. Tokisha has this same potential. This girl is mid-20s, early 30s. She's just getting started. I'm talking about like 8 to 12 number one hits globally with major artists. We're talking Maluma, Osuna, J Balvin, Anuel AA, fucking Alpha, Bad Bunny, fucking Madonna. Whoa. That's a tough that's a tough crew to follow right there. Because you're talking about some major, major key players in the music industry today as we know it. Um, I'm still in the search for the satisfaction that I can fully explain what I feel. And as a matter of fact, in the 33 songs that will be performed live in my concerts, there are six to eight songs where I'm using her as a character in the lyrics. So I'm like pursuing her, I'm enchanting her, and I'm 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 requesting her to sign to my record label and we're gonna take over the music industry. And this is all artistic creative expression. This is really what I felt in my heart and in my soul and in my being. So now the records have an even stronger dominance because it was my subconscious speaking more than me consciously um speaking about working with her, etc. To the point where I even had to reserve myself like, man, am I giving the wrong impression here, this, that, and the third? And it's like, nope. After watching that interview, I'm like, she's heard the record, she understands. And it's out of respect that, you know, I have to use her standard. If I become the biggest artist in a year, like I'm planning to, and she reaches out to me, Beyond a reasonable doubt, 100%. I do an album of her. But I just feel that she's such a legend. Like, she's so great that, you know what? I'm happy just being a consumer of the music. Let me just be a fan. Let me just adore and support from a distance. And let me just enjoy this meteoric rise that she's having. Because I'm telling you, this is the tip of the iceberg. If she keeps going the way that she's going... 
and she keeps establishing herself the way that she is, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with for a really, really, really long time. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick pause. We'll be right back after this uh, quick commercial break. We're going to add a little bit more to the repertoire, and um, we'll be right back after these messages. Thank you for your time, and thank you for tuning in to the VR1 NFT podcast. We'll be back in a New York minute. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back with the second segment for today. So, basically, I say that I'm still in the hunt, and I'm still in the search for the satisfaction of, like, when you're trying to convey something, and when you're trying to fully express something, when you feel that your point has come across marvelously, you have that satisfaction. For me, I still don't have that. All I can say is I have discovered a diamond in the rough. I always think about that that terminology as it was used in the Disney movie Aladdin where Jafar is looking for this poor kid, whatever, who turns out to be Aladdin himself. And um, he's considered to be of the prophecy, right? Like, he's he's considered the diamond in the rough. So in music, there are many, many diamonds in the rough. Whether they get an opportunity or not, sometimes people get a record deal and they're underestimated or they're bypassed, overlooked from the record label, etc. And, um, you know, it's one of those... Um, it's one of those things, you know, like this is an artist that's in the industry tearing down colossal doors. And I already understand the perspective of people don't get it and people don't appreciate it because I've been there already. You know what I mean? So I can't even go as deep and far enough to think about how does she feel about that? Like, does she even realize it right now? She's still in the in the ballerina in the Cinderella stage of her career. She doesn't understand. But that second powerful force in nature that's going to come in her music will come after that understanding because she's going to fully blossom. She's still in the caterpillar stage, in my opinion. She's still the tip of the iceberg. Give me one second. Let me drink some of this coffee. Mm. Now, let's talk about that. What happens after the caterpillar stage? Well, you learn the industry, and you finally address the naysayers. And then that attitude, that secondary force, that secondary push, is what creates the long-term legacy. Because now, both aspects live in the same catalog and in the same musical career. When you listen to a lot of the early Michael Jackson records, Jackson 5s, and then you go into his solo career, and you work your way to Thriller. Thriller, he was already sure he was the one. He knew he was the one. Off the Wall was good. Off the Wall was good. Thriller was great. With Tupac, Strictly for My Niggas was good. Me Against the World was good. Thug Life was good. All them shits were good. All Eyes on Me, great. For Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, Volume 1, all good records. Streets is Watching, all good records. Volume 2, great. That was the record. All the stars aligned. Everything was perfect. So, without further ado, I hope that these words find a place in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul. And you understand where I'm coming from. Because as an artist, while I wait for my passport to be able to travel, while I make the plans for what is going to be my home and transportation, and I'm moving my family overseas once again, I'm moving my investments overseas, it changes the dynamic of life because now everything in my life has to be a chess move, right? Every move has to be a power move. It's the equivalent of moving the queen every single time that you're playing chess. 
And you can only do that after you've lost everyone on the board. And then every pawn becomes a queen, right? Well, as I'm going through this process, I'm still learning. 20-something years later into my career, I'm still learning. I'm still studying it because once you launch the first record, once you go on the first uh, promotional tour, once you launch the first video, there's no turning back. There's no practice runs. There's no... This is it. Like, not only is this training, but it's the last part of training in my career. From this moment forward, everything becomes instinct. Where if I want to release a record, I release a record. Where the promotion and marketing has to be in place, now I got to work that record to break that record in. There's no time to observe it from the sidelines or from the outside looking in now is go time you know and one thing that has changed since my generation is the art form of visual arts as far as music videos and interviews they have to be above and beyond the current standard which is spending a lot of money on props and effects and crew and processing and sets and stages and this that and the third like the visuals are still expensive to put together compared to being able to record i have my own studio so i can record my music no problem visual arts are different you need a set you need people working lights and cameras and computer graphics and editing and whatever and because visual arts now are at the forefront. You know, this new generation, everything is visual. TikTok and shit like that. Instagram and Snapchat. It's not fair to release music outside of that realm. So now, that's something that I also have to develop. And I have to tap into my days when I used to write movies. And um, I remember as a kid, I wrote a movie called Cyber Dogs. I can't believe it. I, I swear to God, that's one of the coolest fucking <laughs> titles for an action kid-friendly movie. But I'm the author of the movie Cyber Dogs. So anyway, it just goes to show you how much things have changed. I always tell my son, like, do you know what I would have given to have fucking Street Fighter on a digital platform such as a smartphone? And my son, he plays on his digital platform as much as he plays on the PlayStation. But it just goes to show you how much things have changed, right? Matter of fact, video games make more money than movies. But um, all these things, right? Like all these factors are important because I'm in this industry. As a matter of fact, let me mention something else and shout out to Casey Graham. And please log on to Music Money Makeover on youtube check out his channel and go to musicmoneymakeover.com so you could download a lot of free um a lot of free material and a lot of uh, cool things you could use to launch your career but basically you know on the low end you could spend 3500 to 5500 on the music video sometimes 10 15000 right well my way of promotion and marketing is still guerrilla tactics. Like, I would take five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 and do so much more damage by putting events together and still putting a video together, but not spending all that kind of money for the spins and the views and the little bullshit that Spotify is getting away with paying each artist. Spotify will be the downfall of Spotify because until they start paying artists what artists are really worth, I don't see new artists such as myself supporting Spotify. Spotify for me overseas is just to give an opportunity for the world to connect internationally with my music, not because it's the end-all be-all. And my goal is business. Like, I can generate more money than a lot of artists that have these huge numbers on Spotify and live an even better lifestyle because I'm an entrepreneur than some of these artists that have like a, 
a number one hit or something like that. So again, all of these things culminate together to create where I stand in music right now. And why I'm conveying this to you guys because it's important to me that you guys understand this process while I'm going through it. See, after my career, I'm going to be traveling the country doing NFT events, motivational speeches, etc. This is all going to be secondary in the background. The fact that my podcast lives on the internet forever. You can always go back if you choose to, if you care about it that much, to understand where everything started. So the truth is that for every overnight success story, it's the 25 years of hard work. Well, you're going to be able to go back to several years of that hard work. And this podcast aims to suffice that efficiently, effectively, and in a conversation platform and and context so you can understand that it's like I'm connecting with you knowing that there's people just like you just like myself in the world the same way that Tupac knew to connect with me through his music and all these legendary artists they knew somebody out there would be listening and and looking for that educational mental spiritual connection um nurturing of being able to listen to a record that just uplifts your whole day or expresses something that you can't express yourself with words, with pictures, etc., etc. So, I think for today, as sad as I am, every moment must come to an end, right? I just want to thank God for this moment of clarity. Being able to learn from something in real time and externalize it to all of you all over the world that it is an amazing thing, this talent that God has given us to create music. And um, yesterday I released one of my best records in Spanish where I'm pretty much advising the youth about you know, facing jail time and being in the streets and what really happens in the streets. You you really lose everything until you're left in the fucking streets with nothing. You know what I mean? From the limousine to the street curb is only a few feet. So I live my life balancing that and fully understanding that. And um, I hope I've done a good job to convey all of these thoughts, emotions, and these feelings to all of you guys. I greatly, greatly appreciate each and every one of you and the time that you guys spend with me almost every day here on the podcast. Because that's another thing, too. I try to, every opportunity that I get, I try to kind of connect with you guys, whether it's on BadLab or Twitter or YouTube or Instagram, or Snapchat, or what's the other one, or LinkedIn, for example. Um, I try to do every module that I can that I feel like is going to apply in what I'm doing. As far as my career right now, my goal for this entire week has been to learn and to absorb everything that's going on around me, including this uh, force of nature that I'm I'm dealing with or I'm facing with during this uh, this entire process like just this whole moment of I'm getting ready to do these songs I'm getting ready to rehearse and perform I'm still dealing with my businesses and all my investments and the time is getting closer and of course you can always hit the easy button right the, the panic button well I don't need to be there in November. I could be there in December. Or I could go in January. I could go in February, March. And by June, July, I'm going to be already living overseas. So the heads up that I need to be there first in market is not just for the goal of doing the music. I'm, I'm moving my family overseas. So I may give myself leisure time for the performances, but then I'm cutting myself short for 
the actual living part, which is my family, you know, migrating my whole family. So it puts everything in perspective. What's really important? Is it getting the big venues or is it just getting the venues and building the foundation to get my family there so then I can go crazy with music and have nothing else to focus on or 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 worry about so it's all of these things working together in full harmony in order to attain and to achieve success because success is the ultimate goal you know and um in a few podcasts ago I was talking about how I kind of wanted to like give myself something nice and I thought about a Gallardo or maybe a used um a used Aventador. I looked at some McLarens. I um I thought about the new Corvette. I like the Viper, I like some Porsches. But I also looked at the Mustang. And you know, I, I've driven all those cars and they're pretty amazing, all of them, you know. So even that, even taking out the time to have that goal for myself, you know, I've been looking at a 92 Corvette, low miles, one owner car, two owner car, good price. I saw a 98 convertible, well taken care of, a lot of upgrades done to it, you know. And ultimately, I kind of wanted to give it to my son in the future when he's off to college. And I'm like, Maybe that 98 would be a better bet. But, again, these are all small things to a giant. I want to thank you guys for for just being here with me throughout this moment because it's not just you guys that depend on the information to use the inclination for your business or your personal life. But it's also therapeutic for me. You know, it's also important for me to be able to say, you know what? This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm learning. This is the process. It's not an event. I know so much, but I'm learning so much more because I don't know everything. You know? When we're talking about music and stuff like that, oh, yeah, I'm fucking, you can ask me, whatever. But this so-called journey of life, I'm learning from it every single day. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host, VR1, and we'll, we'll meet back up for the next time, okay? I want you guys to have an excellent day today, a marvelous day. I pray that you conquer everything in your path and that everything that you touch turns into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me, and I know for a fact It's going to happen to you. Have a wonderful day, and we'll meet back right here next time, same time, same place. God bless.